0: This episode of the podcast is dedicated anonymously, in honor, and for the Hatzlacha of Dr. Alan Jacob, Rebelio Yitzchak ben Yisrael David, and his wife, Sarah Chano, and their family, paying tribute to a man of vision dedicated to Kiddush Hashem and to Klal Yisrael. If anyone would like to sponsor an episode of the podcast or to support the podcast, please email me, Chatter at gmail.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Svaram Chatter podcast. This episode of the podcast, I'm actually going to be joined by two people. The first time on the Svaram Chatter podcast by um, Dr. Alan Jacob and Rabbi Moshe Kravitz, who was on before to discuss the farno on a previous episode. And uh, we're going to be discussing a new safer called Mune Am which I guess was written together by them, about Maimon um, Harsinai and the Kabbalah P, uh, It says, Alpi Rabbi ube So we'll get into exactly what the safer is about. So thank you both for joining me. Um, I guess, Dr. Jacob, let's start with you, because the listeners uh, have not heard from you before. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and about your background?
1: So I am I'm born in Baltimore. My father was a chazan in Baltimore. I uh, went to Yeshiva University and Albert Einstein College of Medicine. I'm a nephrologist, kidney specialist. And uh, I uh, practiced for, I was a professor for several years at the University of Miami. I was a researcher, and then I went into practice. And the practice for a few years and then got into the medical business, which has sustained me for 40 years since. Um, it has also allowed me to spend most of my time learning. So uh, uh, I teach in the yeshiva here for 24 years now. I'm a Rebbe, I teach Bikiyas. And I'm also involved in all sorts of community affairs. And uh, that's basically it. I'm a father, a grandfather, a great-grandfather. Very nice,
0: and Rabbi Kravitz. Uh, I will refer uh, everyone back to uh, the uh, the previous episode I did on the Svarno, where you, you spoke about himself, so people can can listen uh, <laughs> to that uh, terrific um, episode about the Svarno. So I, I think let's let's jump right in. And like I said, the safe is called the Muni Amsegula. Um, it it can be found in the local farm stores now, and I will put up a link Mr. Shem in the in the show's notes to it. Um, but wh- why why write something like this why edit write put something like this together what was the basis for this and and what's the concept
1: well the the the, the primary motive the story of how it evolved is a little different than the motive uh, i think how it evolved is an interesting story i'm a balabos i'm not a rabbi you know i'm just a balaboss and uh, who learns and is always trying to understand better and more and deeper like every every year and uh, I happened to be on a trip with an, a kosher tour group out of Israel in Vietnam. It was Parsha right? They asked me to say it to I had my Macaraz list with me. And uh, I opened it up and I saw Matan Torah. He started the Sepharnaut at the beginning of Matan Torah. And it was like he was talking about Am Segula, Am Nechaz Kanyim, And I, I was intrigued by it. So I just sort of briefly scanned the whole thing through. And I realized that, wait a minute, he's saying that Matan Torah included Mishpatim. And the end of Mishpatim is also like the final stage of Matan Torah. So I went, I mean, that was the basis of my Dvar Torah, which people found very inspiring. It was like people were amazed by it. So I went back and I sort of did it in detail. So I got what I call the superficial havana of the the Sforna's understanding of Matan Torah. And I realized that, you know, everybody I talk to, nobody, nobody gets it. You know, you ask people what happened to Matan Torah, people, all sorts of ideas. And I realized that what happens is that people learn Matan Torah in two different parshias. They learn Yisro, and they learn Mishpatim. They don't put the two together. And you have Rashi who says what happened at the end of Mishpatim happened really before Matan Torah. So everybody walks in pretty much confused. Nobody really has a real understanding of it. And Mishpatim is such a complicated parish anyway. You know, so many so many mesechtas are there. That by the time they get to the end of mishpatim, which is really the, the event of uh, of uh, ultimately the final step in the bris of chayyuf, nobody gets it. So nobody knew it. So I worked on it for a year or two myself, and then I I, I brought I had my shear over for a shabbos, and I printed up yisroel from the beginning of mantara to the end of mishpatim in columns like like a tikkun sofrim would look like. There's no mafarshim, and I pointed out according to Sfarno, here's what mantara was about. And, and I went through the details with them, and I went through the concept of arriving in the Midbar, trying to get it, the conversation between Moshe Rabbeinu and the Bnei Yisroel, and the Moshe Rabbeinu Kodesh Baruch about the Bnei Yisroel's real request, which Isfarno talks about, and then the Shlesi Magbola, and then the actual events of Matan Torah, and then the, the next day, the reading of the scroll, which included most of the end of Yisro and all of Mishpatim, and then I presented it, and the guys went over it, and they loved it. The guys in the year loved it, and they felt for the first time they had some kind of a, uh, a grasp of, of at least the sequence of events of Mount Torah. So I went back and did it a little deeper, and I went to the Svarno Be'iyan, and it took me a long time to find the five-volume of the Pirush of Rabbi Kravitz. Not too many available anymore, the Osval Hodder one, so my son-in-law found it somewhere in a bookstore. And I went through it very carefully. And then I realized that besides the sequence of events in that story, there's a lot of other factors that the Sfarno introduces in his explanation of Matan Torah that are of profound significance. He talks about the Amsegula concept, which is really the Sfarno's view of Yamosa Mashiach. And then he talks about the concept of what, what the role of Claudius for all this. Then there's a whole issue there going through of Navua and what, what the Navua experience of Matan Torah was. And then he has a whole story there about the bris the bris and what the significance of a bris is and as i started to understand it more i I realized that this is the single most important event in human history and we're supposed to be carrying this message and every yid in claustro needs to have a good understanding of what happened in just for their own amuna not to mention their academic and intellectual purposes so i said look i could write a book but i'm an amateur why would i write a book and i know what a professional is because i'm a professional in other areas in this area i'm an amateur so I went and I sought out the expert. I called him up out of know Rabbi Kravitz. I don't know what he was thinking the first time he spoke to me. We met and we said, I said, I want to write a Sefer with you on Matan Torah, but I don't want it. I want it to be an academic work, but I want it to be for Balabaten, for Lamdonen. Uh, not for the few scholars out there, but for people who are learning, Yoday Sefer, that they should get a Tfisa on one clear mahalakh of Matan Torah. And we took a long time working together to set up what the chapters would be, how we would do it, uh, how we would present each subject. and then we wrote sort of outlines about the major points and then Robert Kravitz wrote the first draft, obviously, and then we did a ton of editing we we have deleted a ton from the safe. I mean the, the footnotes, the uh, it was much shorter as we worked with it. and eventually put together and then we sort of finalized it, eliminated a couple of chapters, added it something, we brought it to the editor, Maisha Hecht. He did a great job with it. And here we are today.
2: Yeah, I, um, hello, everyone. Uh, you probably remember me from last, uh, podcast. I'm sure everyone heard the whole hour and 45 minutes. Uh, first of all, it's the first time I heard that I came in so late into the story. I didn't realize it was, uh, there had been so much invested before I came in, um, uh, second thing is, I think since uh, vodor have given out this for' uh, on Khamish in uh, two volumes, I think it's uh, it's easier to get hold of it, probably. Um, it's also, it takes much less uh, place in the, um, yeah. Um, so I actually, yeah, it was one Friday afternoon in uh, Ador, uh, two years and something ago, when I got that phone call from Dr. Jacob. Actually, I don't think he was expecting me to speak English. Am I right?
1: That's correct.
2: <laughs> right, and um,
1: your life story is fascinating. I love telling people your life story. <laughs> it's it's just at the beginning. <laughs> you can't put you in a box. You know, <laughs> no you should be able to be put into a box.
0: I'm. I'm going to jump in over here. I'm, I will give a teaser. That's why people just listen to the other, at least the beginning of the Svarno podcast with Rabbi Kravis. We have the whole story there, so everyone can 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 learn all, all about him. It's all there, and so many people have heard it already. But it's definitely all there. They can all they can all uh, check it out.
2: Right, but um, there has been a great uh, change since since I started this project because this is the first time that, I mean, I've worked for I've worked for quite a lot of uh, different mechonim, uh, um, but this was the first time I had someone on top of me who knew exactly what he wanted and it was very, very clear what what we were striving for. And when Dr. Jacob mentions the things that we um, deleted eventually, so, uh, um, it's um, th- it, that was part of like staying exactly in the context of what we planned. And, and I think the whole safer, like, someone picked it up, a friend of mine picked it up, and he looks at me and he says, This is no good. So I asked him, What's wrong with it? He said, I went through the whole thing, you don't quote any chassidish as <laughs> So, uh, to which I told him, listen, actually, I did put in some, uh, some chesidisches form. They just happened to be deleted over the way because we only left, there's no uh, madrashim that, that, that aren't part of the actual story of mountain Terror or to give something that gives a uh, deeper understanding of mountain Terror. We just left what one needs to, to know, understand the story, it's not that short. I mean, it still has 200 pages, but it's um, I think uh, Dr. J- Jacob was um, was on top of me and he didn't let me put in any of my own um, theorists. And I think it's uh, it's been a, it, it was it was a good it was a good schoolage for me. I mean, I've lo- I've learned a lot from how to write for other people and not for, for myself.
1: Now, let, let me, well, let we me had do- a we had a very clear understanding of who our audience was going to be. I mean, we'll take anybody, but uh, my goal was that the audience should be somebody like myself, who spends time learning, who's interested in 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 shot, in, in and interested in in hearing the basis of what's going on. So it had to be short. It had to be right to the point. It had to be clear. It had to be founded founded in in, in correct analysis. For all those reasons, we we tried. I mean, there's so many midrashim that 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 we we could have easily included, just never did.
0: Right, right. And I, and I want to mention that Ray Kravitz is um, his own... His own uh, Svarim, and and whether that's on on Chumash or especially the Amr Hagain that he's written on on Chumash and Tehillim, and uh, he's edited the Svarno, and the Svarno also has very extensive footnotes, very long footnotes with a lot in there. So this is definitely shorter in that regard. Now, let me direct this question at you, Rabbi Kravitz, especially. I mean, Dr. Jacob alluded to this, but why pick the two questions, really? Why pick the Svarno more than anybody else to go through this Mahalach? And also, are there other Mefarshim? Like you alluded to, it's really not really just like a collection of Mefarshim, because that would not give a clear chat uh, but what what are there any other mafarshan? um
2: there definitely are other mafarshan. the idea was um the idea was that to go with one Mahalik, to get a clear picture and since his covers all the big points and he goes into all the main subjects like the part of what's prophecy what's upon him uh, what what does a bris mean actually, uh Sforno didn't explain uh that much of it on the spot and um Dr J- Dr Jacob made me sweat on that one to figure out exactly what the bris means and what uh what it means uh, what what a bris is and what it means for us and what's what was a bris khair and uh, so uh, so the reason uh the, we- the reason we used the Sforno was that we get one clear Uh, thematic um, Pirush from beginning to the end of the story, especially since the Sforno goes uh, along the order of the Psukim, which means Dr. Jacob mentioned the fact that Rashi explains the end of Parashas Mishpotim as something that happened before Matan which gets people very mixed up. Rashi actually, uh, at the end of Parashas Parashas Mishpotim, does mention that it's a Makhloikes Tanoim and um, if you really look into the other refashions, so you're going to see the Rashbam, the Ramban, the Eben Ezra, the Akedah, and Abar Benel, etc. They all explain it on the Seder Adwarm as as the pesukim go. That means that um, the end of Parshas Mishpatim was a direct hemshchak uh, of Matan uh, So you could keep going through the parashah without going back and forth and trying to figure out what happened on the fifth day which is that uh, in Parshat Yisroi and in Parshat Mishpotin. So that was a reason for taking the Svorno as a Mahal from beginning to the end. But of course, um, first of all, to get a full story and to complement with what, um, uh, other parts that um, um, the main Yesoidis of what Nebuah is about and how do we know that term in Ashramayim because that's a real story over here. The real story is we're supposed to believe in God, and, and, and the Torah says that you're supposed to believe in God and believe that the Torah is meant because there was Matan Torah. So that means that we're supposed to know there was Matan Torah, and we're supposed to know what happened there, and we're supposed to know what it means to us, and why is that logically telling us that Hashem created the world and that He gave us a Torah and that there's such a thing as nevuah. That means we're supposed to try to understand that as much as we can. So, of course, we filled up with other meforashim, but using the basis of the Sfarno all along.
0: Now, I want to I just say something. You keep alluding to the end of Mishpatim, collected yesterday. Do you want to just explain, at least by Mishnas like you do for people, I'm sure people can know, they can play out Mishpatim, but do you want to just maybe explain it here, what you mean when you're saying that when the Makhlag is explained it, and worked it in with an example from the, from the Sefer as you explain it?
2: So let's start with uh, this question: Where does it say in Torah "Nasev It doesn't say it in Parshas Sisra. It says in Parshas Mishbotik. When did they say uh, "Nasev Nishma"? So my kids come home from Gan before Shvois. I'm already expecting the um, the picture they come back with Har Sinai, Moshe Rabbeinu with the Luchas on Har Sinai, and clouds all around, and they're all screaming "Nasev Okay, so the Luches didn't come down until um, Shiva Sobet and the second one was Anim on Kipper Kippur. And the Nasa Benishma was, if you ask Rashi, it was the day before. And if you ask uh, the, 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 how it looks in the Chumash, is, it was the day after. So what happens like this? We all know that Parshas Yisroy is dedicated to, to Kabbalah Satyur. But then, after, right after Parashat Yisroi, there's a pasach, and then we start with the, one of the most, uh, the fullest parishes you have, with all the Kama and all Kiddushin, and, and it's all in there. And then, when you're finished with all that, if you ever got through it, you get to the end, and Parach Dalet starts, like, it's like, out of the blue, you're in the middle of, your uh, and then you, and then you start a whole thing that, that they made a bris, and there was Zuka Saddam, they made a mizbeach How does that come in over here? So Rashi says, no, this whole parish happened actually the day before Matan Torah, and it was a bris that was like a preparation part of the Achonas to Matan Torah. But the other unfortunate will say, no actually, the was said at Ar-Sinai. And then, once you finish saying everything Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu by sinai so then you just continue the, the story. The story is, after Mayimid Ar-Sinai, Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu to go up to the mountain, and then on the next day, there was um, Moshe who wrote the Sefer Bris and read it, and uh, they, then they made the bris, and after that, Moshe Rabbeinu went up to the mountain. So, that's the story of that. Uh, Parsons
0: So, we'll get more into the uh, the the, the um, the safer, but whatever is Dr. Jacob or my Kravitz, you can take this question. Is just now regarding the safer, what is the structure of the safer individually, the Prakim, and then each parak individually? What's the Mahalach that you decided the two of you decided to go through for each one?
1: Well, I had some. It's, this is uh, Alan Jacob. I had some preconceived ideas of how the structure of the Safer should be because of who my audience was focused on and what my goal was. So the first important thing is to just go through the sequence of events based on the psukim The Sfarno was, one of the things that surprised me was how many other mafarchim agree with the Sfarno's mahalik. We make a point of that in all the footnotes. Uh, it's not a unique mahalik. It's actually the, probably the dominant mahalik outside of Rashi's. The um, so we went through the sequence of psukim and tried to explain it based on the Sarnos shot and which which tacks very closely to the flow of the psukim and the message and once we did the psukim and we went through that sequence of events it becomes very apparent that a lot was happening simultaneously so we decided to dedicate a chapter to each of these events so for example. The, the singular unique aspect of Torah was that it was a national Navua experience. Now, you know, you ask people, what does it mean, a Navua experience? We don't really know what that means, but uh, I can tell you that most people don't even have the words to describe what they don't know. So uh, nobody really knows what that means. They have misconceptions. So we wrote a whole chapter, we decided we're going to do a chapter on Nabua, particularly as Asfarno explains it, with different levels of Punim upon him and Nabua when you're awake. Very, it's an important, integral part of the Sfernos, uh purish in, in Matan Torah, and you know, actually, while we wrote it and while uh, we edited and developed it, a lot of new questions came up that I'm still working on in my own mind. Because in reality, there's a very there's a concept, philosophical concept called knowing. Knowing is very different than believing. Where the transition from believing to knowing is is not clear, but what is clear is that When you have a NABU experience, you know. It's not a conclusion you're drawing based on a personal experience. It's a knowing experience. In fact, there's a disease called Capra syndrome, secondary to schizophrenia or Alzheimer's, where the person wakes up and loses his awareness of knowing. That feeling of knowing is gone. They're convinced that their spouse is an imposter, for example. They just don't know if this is right or not. So there is a feeling within the human dimension called knowing it's not a doubt. No sphikos. And that was what happened in Maimon Sinai through Nabua. So we try to explore that concept of Nabua. Then there was also the concept of Am Segula, which is integral to this Farno. So we have to put a chapter on that because not only does it describe what Am is, it really describes what Klei was supposed to be like had they not done the Chei the Egel, which is really what Messianic times are. So here you have a, a beautiful explanation of Messianic times, according to, Mish- it's all, Mishpatim is part of that. There's going to be poor people, there's going to be rich people, there's going to be nazikin. there's going to be all the things you see in Parshas Mishpatim. It's going to be in, you might say Mashiach, according to Svarno, because that's the School period. So we have to have a chapter on that. And then we had to have a chapter on the br- concept of bris. So once we designed these chapters, we had a pretty good idea from what the Svarno says. What, what Kravitz brought in, which is just, I didn't realize it, how useful it was. I mean, I, I feel like I'm really smart that I went and got the expert because I didn't know what I was doing. It, there's so much written by the Sforno in other places that complements what he wrote in his Pirushim and Torah and embellishes it and explores new aspects. That bring, when, when Moshe brought it in, it just it just caused the the individual concepts in each chapter to get such a, a fuller and richer meaning. And then. I mean, the individual chapters were sort of structured by Moshe as he wrote them, and then we moved stuff around and edited it, always with, with an eye to the typical reader who's a yodez sefer and uh, spent time in yeshiva, and he'll read it, he'll be able to get through it without being confused.
0: So I, I want to ask you, Rabbi Kravitz, based on what Dr. Jacob just said. So first of all, what are some examples of things that you brought in from other places of Svarna? Where, where did you bring in? Do you bring in from the shiurim that you published? That's uh, one thing that's interesting. And then just talk also a little bit about the actual Prakim and then the toichen the of each parak It doesn't have to be every single one, but of some of them, uh, ideas that you found interesting and unique to the Svarna or just that the listeners can can gain from?
2: Um uh... The first question is a very hard question because it's it's really almost, there's almost no piece of sorrow where he doesn't explain himself more in a different place uh, because he's so consistent and he goes along with his, he has his Mahalik, which he goes through everywhere. And he has these few major ideas, which, um, that's a. It's part of his life story, and it's and and it's in his pirushim wherever he's going to write. So you're going know, to have, uh, for example, this idea of the amskula, which Doctor Jacob mentioned. The mamleches klianim ve'goy kodesh. Uh, so it's amskula means that were Hashem's uh, treasure, which means that were his emissaries, were his like um, ambassadors. To do it to do the job for him. And so that makes up that makes us into a kingdom of teachers. We're supposed to teach the world. And that's what's gonna bring us to be a holy nation, which means eternal, because anything spiritual holy is eternal. And so that's why the Swarna has a big um a big point on the Kodesh always meaning nitzhi. That means it's um it's almost uh, the same thing. If it says Kodesh, it means. It means uh, yeah. eternal. So, um, anytime Sword is going to mention um, yeah. any, if you go through his Pirush on Tehillim, for example, or on Yeshaya, so anything that has to do with the Messianic age is going to have to do with the Claudius role finally coming to, their, to, to doing the job that they were supposed to do. At, since Matan Torah, because now's going to be the time. And he's going to put it in and everywhere. So when we want to understand what Hashem told us when he said, So we're going to look at the Swan on all these places, which means his Pirish Antihulin or the Shiraman Tehlim, where he explains even more, and something re- sometimes really lengthy. And uh, explain exactly how the world's supposed to look in the in the perfect world, in the the messianic age. So that's um, that's for the first question. Now, what are the chapters? So there's um, there's an introduction. That means there's two introductions. The first introduction is uh, explaining why Matan is so important. And then the second one is like a very short version of what went on. Because Matan Ter is starting from Rosh Chodesh 7 basically, even though there's things that happened before. But um, the main preparations for Matan start from Oshkhodesh Nisan and it goes up till it reaches the crescendo on, 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 on Vov Sivan. And then you have the next day where is the, the Bris and uh, Moshra going up. So, what we did is the first two Prakim is the history, which means the story of Matan starting from day one. That means Aleph Sivan. And so the first chapter, which is the longest chapter in, in, in the Sefer. Uh, covers the story of Matantur Torah from Meshchadresivim till um, till Moshe goes up to the mountain on Zion Sivam. but then we still
1: that. have another part of Matan because we didn't get the Luchos yet. That, hello, let me just interject that we picked one Mahalakh and went, and then we we brought the alternate Mahalachim in the footnotes so as not to confuse the reader. So uh, you know the, there are other mahalakim and in the gemara about several of these points, which they was their which you know which day they, they got there, uh, what, what order occurs, all that's in the footnotes. But if you just read the regular text, you get one consistent flow throughout the entire chapter.
2: Right. Uh, yeah. So th- what I mentioned was really the yeah the mahalik of the sforno but we we don't ignore the other shtes. We can't ignore them, and uh, especially if if it's Rashi and if it's a Machlux Tanoim, so we bring all those. So the first chapter is from Rosh Sivam until Zayin Sivam. But then you have um, the whole second part of when Meshav Rabbeinu was in the mountain for 40 days. And then he comes down, and that's when the uh eagles so the story of Mamter wasn't completed then. And then it's pushed off till Yom Kippur with Luch So the second chapter is going to cover uh, the era from Zion, from Zion 7 until Yom Kippur. So that's the two chapters, two first tra- chapters is the story, uh, chronology of Matan Then the next chapters, next um, uh, next, uh, how many is it? Uh, five chapters is um, uh, going more deeply into um, the main the main subjects. So the first one, the first one is like the chapter three is Amskula, explaining this whole uh, concept of, of Amskula, what it means. And we brought in also uh, from uh, different places. Um, that was the, that's the third chapter. The fourth chapter is about Nebuo, So That's what Dr. Jacob uh, mentioned. I must say that it's a type of a subject where that um, I never imagined myself figuring that one out. I mean, to understand the difference between Ponim, Ponim, and regular Nevoa in Sforna is not that difficult. But Dr. Jacob made me um, he wouldn't let off until I figured out, well, what's Nevoa in the first place? So, okay, so today we don't know. But at least try to get a concept of what it means so you can understand what does that mean that we all have this prophetic, prophetic um, experience which we have to believe in nevuah, but if you have no idea what nevuah is about, what does that mean that you believe in nevuah? And like, so you have these uh, mistaken concepts, which is like nevuah is knowing what's going to happen in the future, which is only like um, a real side uh, side effect of the of the navuah. That's not what Navu is about. Nevuah is a type of connection with with, with Hashem. It's it's so. Um, uh, that's also one of the places where, actually, I did... Uh, at the beginning, I mentioned a lot from the Pesetna Rebbe. But then eventually, I found that... Uh, and, and then eventually, I I figured out that almost everything he says is in Rishoinim. So I, as I went to try to figure out more and more, I found out that the, the Sefer Ekorim, the and uh, um, there, we could find... The safer economic takes you, uh explains it explains how logic logic works, starting from a baby when he's born, and eventually how does logic get better and better? And then it takes you, in, okay. So now you understood till there. So okay, so Navu is on top of that. He gives you like, at least uh you can get an idea what it's about. So that's the chapter about Navu. Then there's the chapter about Bris. It's a short chapter, but I think um I think eventually at the end we got it right. Uh, it was also a hard. Uh, it was five, seven pages, but it was uh, we wrote it over like ten times at least until uh, we found the right hakdorah. Uh, what exactly Sforno understands a bris? Because a bris could be understood in all kinds of uh, all kinds of ways. It could be a peace treaty. It could be a uh, uh, NATO. Could, there's all kinds of different types of bris. And what 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 does it, what, what does it mean that Hashem made a bris with cloudy then the interesting chapter, which um, uh, it's this is already particular to Svarnos Mahalch, which is by Matan we got we got the Torah that's six hundred thirteen mitzvahs, and that means that everyone went home and they knew all the mitzvahs because we got all the mitzvahs by Matan So I, I wrote even a little. Uh, uh, I described the mishnah Berurah's uh, word that he brings Goy Nechot, that the reason we Milchiks is because uh, they went home, and since they got the tur, so they, they they had problems because the keli weren't kosher, and that they they, so, so they couldn't so they couldn't cook for yomtiv, so that's why they ate milchigs. So I went into the story and like just to try to understand what really went on. Like okay, uh, what? So they went home. They already knew everything. Also, all the uh, all the details of Blius and uh, and Ben Yoimoy and Kibola Kachpot. They they knew everything. So Sadi gan says that everything is is um everyone is everything's mm-hmm. does that mean everyone understood that so does that mean that when uh, that moshe rabbin got everything by Matan Torah? so when kurah came along moshe rabbin already knew the story he already read the script before it happened right and when he sent the miraglim he knew that it was the wrong thing to do right so it, it's a very complicated noise when you say that they got everything by our Sinai, because it means they got everything, but it didn't. It, it didn't have the same. It didn't have expression into all the details. The Svaro takes the uh, mitzvahs and he shows how every mitzvah was given at a certain time, where it appears in the Torah, and that's the part of the Svaro Shita of uh, the Yesh Mukdamu Morah Torah. The Sfarunah does not um, use the En Muqtum unless there is a logical issue that we had to say something before. But if there's no reason to say that this uh, was written for some reason, so it has to be that it was written on the chronological, chronological order. So every mitzvah that appears, and it's, he says in Qaheles, that you want to know the time of a mitzvah? Look when it was given. That's how you know why the, why the mitzvah was given. So over here we went through um, twenty different, uh, twenty different levels of the mitzvahs being given, starting from Adamavirshon with Chet Eitzedas, and then the Shiva v'Shabbat mitzvahs Noach, and uh, then Avramavinu, Yaakovavinu, and then when Klal come out from its rhyme and they get the first mitzvahs from Pesach etc., and then the, the mitzvahs that prepare them for Kabbalah Torah, because that's what the mitzvahs and Mora and all that are no says in the, in yes some people remember it from the afterrah because they break the teeth on it so he says it's it, it's bricks building one on each other till you get to the eventual uh, the whole building so that's um so that's that, that was that was uh that that's uh, sixth chapter chapter and then there's a chapter which covers the different issues short uh, short issues that uh that I have to be explained like um why is Shwiz uh, called man matan and um the what what was what's, what does matseva mean? mean when they built the matzevah why a matseva and what was the thing that the 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 atzilah ben we didn't really go into that too much because that was uh, a barbel were a whole safer about the there was a whole the kuach went on at the time between the philosophers and the Mikumbolim. But uh, we try to get at least the Swarno's uh, and that is as clear as possible and short. that uh, that that's the so that was yeah, that's the seventh pairing.
0: A uh, the of the barbanal, right? Sorry? Is that a teraszainim? A canine, yeah. Now, you didn't mention, but I will mention, that the last thing, there's a short chapter you wrote, So you wrote a little bit of, uh, of of his life story, not not the full biography, we hope that's coming, but you wrote a little bit about the story, a lot of uh, what you said on the actually the previous podcast with uh, David Raveini and Shlomo Malchal, right, over there, why include, so first of all, just you want to talk a little bit, I'll refer people back to the other episode, but why did you include this in the uh, in the, uh, the safer?
2: So um, first of all, because it was based on the Svarno, so uh, we had to give a short biography for people to know who the Svarno is, when he was. But even more than that, as the title shows, um, I felt that the Svarno's life stories person, person- personify exactly what what went on. Uh, what, what he understands Mount Tert to be, which means uh, when he's speaking about <laughs> Mamlech HaSkehanim, that Klaeser should be a teacher to the nations, it wasn't just, that's what's going to be in the Messianic Ages. He says, okay, but if that's what we're supposed to be doing, I'm doing it now, and he did it. So there's a lot of, as, far as biography. Um, biography, you could see how uh, Noe, the Irishman, Noe Mekayim, you see how he... Uh, actually implements his um, his learning into his life story so that's why I chose to bring all these parts of the especially the parts that bring out his connections with uh, uh, towards the goal and how he saw the uh, goalless and how he saw what was going around him and how um, he put into life actually all these ideas which uh, we went into the philosophy of it but uh, this this already is it's not just theory it's actually uh, Lemaisa.
1: No. I also, I also, you know, sort of insisted that there be a biography at the end because I think that uh, probably more people will read this safer because we are promoting it. So more people will read this safer uh, than might otherwise have read it, and it'll be their first introduction to this Farno. And I wanted to whet their appetite to uh, who he was, when he lived. I mean, I mean, the 16th century was a pivotal century in Jewish philosophy. Uh, it's it's a transition period, and Kravitz is an expert in that area, but uh, I think that uh, the more people know about farno and who he was, the more interested they will be in that whole kufa and that pivot point in, in Jewish history.
0: Now let me ask you, uh, Dr. Jacob. I mean, you know you mentioned this, but just to to emphasize, you know, who do you envision this safer geared towards? Who do you envision someone picking up? Someone someone enjoying it? Is it geared? T- would would you have in mind a specific person? And can
1: anybody really pick it up and and, and use it? Well, first of all, you got to know how to read Hebrew and understand Hebrew. Although with Google Translate, you don't have to know every word anymore. Uh, so that somebody who's comfortable reading a Safer, who has some understanding of learning a little bit. Uh, you know, I envisioned it for the, for the Hamonam of the B'nai Tadr, B'nai Yeshiva, Balabaten, who are interested in something a little deeper than uh, just a, a vart, little vart, or one, you know, looking at one one Ramban or one or, or Arachayim, someone who, the audience is somebody who wants to get a deeper understanding of a major event. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, when I delved into the Svarno Torah, one of the things that struck me was that the Sfarno views Matan Torah in a transactional nature, meaning it was a deal. And he says this by Mara. He says it clearly. But the Baruch said to the B'nai Yisrael, he said, What did Shamni so mean? That's when he challenged them to accept the deal. What was the deal? He said, I'm going to make you an eternal nation. I'm going to have Ashkocha brought this over the Klal. You'll have a wonderful life in Eretz Yisrael, within the G'darm of what normal is. You'll have security. You'll have a good economy. No serious machalas. But once you accept this, this this deal, if you go wrong and you don't follow it, then you're going to get the, the most terrible punishments in the world. This was all presented at Mara. Now, I, I always wondered, you know, how is it that we accept the Torah at Har Sinai and many parishes later, all of a sudden we get the Tochachah? If you're doing business with somebody, they can't add new terms and conditions after the deal is closed. So It can't be. You know, that's how the mafia does business. So Farno explains it. They knew all this going into Har Sinai into Mat Torah, that they knew the brachos, they knew the toshah, they knew all the brachos and the that they would get if they did or didn't keep it. They went into it with their eyes wide open, a fully open deal. So that was a paradigm shift for me. So my audience is somebody who understands reads the Psukim, and they will appreciate that there's a, a much more sophisticated way of viewing what happened at RC9. Now, let me
0: ask to, to really finish off. Let me ask each of you, but uh, I can start with you, Dr. Jacob. You know what, like what, what, what makes the safer unique? And again, just to furthermore, what makes it? What can someone actually gain from it? I know you kind of answered that, but just to, to, to drive the point home. So
1: those two, we'll start with you, and then I can ask Robert right, Kravitz. Well, what makes a safer unique is the goal of the safer. Meaning, we're not trying to say chiddushim. I don't think I, I tried to delete every single chiddush I could. I could. We're not here to say What we, we are here. It's sort of like a, a, a much more sophisticated version of a typical popular English book. Our goal is to be mechazik people's amuna and to make them feel tremendously proud of being part. Of the Goy of Amlechas the Kain. So, uh, what makes it unique is that every single thing we did in that safer is directly for that purpose, uh, so that somebody reading it will walk away saying, Now I understand, and I feel so much more motivated and inspired than I did before. We tried to do that at a very high academic level. And I think that that's unique because usually the inspirational stuff is pretty low key. And the academic stuff is very sophisticated. With numerous mahalchim, the and tarutim, him and from and 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 here. I recently read a country somebody wrote on on the Kofaleh mharkegigis by When I finished it, it, like I have to start over. I have to start the Sugi, again. I didn't really get anything out of it. So we wanted to inspire people who have some degree of knowledge, but in a more sophisticated way than just some you know simple book you would buy.
0: Robert Kravitz, what's your what's your feeling about what makes it unique?
2: Um, I think Dr. Jacobs said, as said uh, more or less everything. I would add. I mean, uh, that, that's that's actually what 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 he what, what he told me in the first time we spoke was that um, today's uh, today's people's amuna is built very much on stories of Ashgabat Pratis and uh, and uh, all kinds of. Miracle stories, etc. But what happens when it doesn't work? It's, uh, of course, whatever we, we we want to look for Hashkoch and everything in our lives and 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 we, we try to see it, see the Ma'isa Hashem, everything that happens. But Hashem told us how, why we're supposed to believe and how how you're supposed to build build your belief. So um, the question is, um, how do I how do I get to know the story actually? Because it's a story which we've heard so. When we were so young, and we've lived with it so much, that it's very hard to delve in it and really try to understand it. It's like I heard a footner once said that the reason uh, we say Shema Yisrael the whole time is that we should, you know, there's some things that you should just just believe and don't think, uh, don't think, don't think why. Continue thinking as you thought when you were a kid. Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem echot. But over here, we went through an experience where Hashem wanted us to understand what you what you what you went through. And he tells us you have to remember. So you have to remember, which means that if I understand what we went through, and it's not only telling the people, it's a it's telling that tell the kids what went on, and when they'll know, then of course they're gonna believe. And whatever, if you do it superficially, I don't know how much it's gonna be on the moon. But what, uh, by 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 understanding what really went on, so the the moon is much more solid. It's built on understanding what went on, and um, I think that's a very important uh, that's a very important thing that I hope uh, we've uh, we've managed to do.
0: Okay, so thank you both for uh, for joining me. And I will mention. I will include the the link to the Safer in the show's notes. Um, it's it's also very affordable. It's I think 14 dollars. It's 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 quite uh, quite affordable. And the two hundred pages, like I said, it gives a, f- a perfect thing for shavuos. Someone wants to
2: and a nice cover.
0: Yeah, that that as well. It has has a picture of like a, has a, an outline of like garcina. So so uh, absolutely. So I will, like I said, I'll include the link. And thank you both for joining me. Thank you um, very I think much. I we
2: should mention. What? Uh, we should mention that there's a plan for an English edition.
1: That is a challenge. We that is one of our big challenges because translate. I, I had one one chapter translated, the first chapter translated by my niece, who is a tra- professional translator and uh, alum, alum donus, and uh, she had a bunch of kashas for for, for Kravitz, you know, shot in the Gomaras. But that, we'll get rid of those. That's be easy. I mean, we'll just have to do it. It does well, not come across well. It does not come across well in the translation. It just it, it misses. It's no question when we finally put out the English edition, Mir Shem, it's going to require it to be rewritten in a completely different way in order to achieve our goal of being inspirational and motivational and informative and entertaining. And the translation just doesn't work. I mean, somebody who's Yudaya Safer, the Shalom, then Reads Our Safer, it's very, very informational. They get a lot of information. It's easy to read. Uh, it's inspirational. But translation didn't do that. So it's, it's a tough job to translate a Safer that, some, that was written at this level. The other thing I want to mention is uh, there
0: I forgot to mention. Also, we mentioned, but we, we well, hopefully, uh, once we have you on here, we're waiting for the for a biography on on Sforno, whether it's in Hebrew or English, probably Hebrew, but uh, I'm sure the listeners also. just want to mention that
2: there are chances it might happen uh, sooner than later.
1: We're work we're working on it. You know, the the uh, I personally, I'm 69 years old. I'm not a youngster. I've been learning all my life, and I think that. The Sferno has a huge amount to contribute to people. You just take a look at the Sferno's on Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echod, Bo Hashem I've asked myself, people have asked me, how can you command somebody to love Hashem? So there's a lot of two But if you look at the purity of the Sferno on it, it says Vahafta comes automatically from being Mizbainin and Shema Yisrael that Hashem is Elokeinu. It's not a sivui, It's a byproduct of being... Thinking about Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echod. Memele, you love Hashem. But Mimela, because you love Him, then you go back and you're misbinding more. So it's a recursive episode between Shema and Bo Hafta. goes back to Shema. Shema creates more Bo That's a brilliant shot. It was so When I learned that, it was so inspirational. I tell it over to people. They love it. I'm like, I never heard it. I'm, I'm, I'm an old man and no one ever told it over. I hear drushes all the time. Shalashida drushes everything. Nobody ever says something. So I think that Sfarno has so much to contribute to simple understanding of base Judaism that I feel inspired to try to get the word out as much as possible. And I'm, I feel blessed to have a partner who actually knows what, what the Sfarno is saying. I know better after I know you. <laughs> Okay.
0: Very, very, very nice. So we'll look forward to that. And there's some, like I said, an English edition of this as well. But uh, for now, the Hebrew is is very nice. I want you to check out uh, the new Safer. So again, thank you both for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank
2: Thank you for having us.